This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. everybody welcome to the wednesday night service we have got an awesome time plan tonight we're going to get into some praise and worship here and the topic of our message is heaven we've been talking about the end times for the past seven weeks this week will be part eight and we're going to take an in-depth look at what heaven and the new jerusalem is going to be like so tag somebody invite somebody to watch i guarantee you tonight is not a message that you want to miss this is going to absolutely excite you. And as my dad always says, if it doesn't light your fire, your wood must be wet or something. So listen, get together. Let's do this. Let's have an awesome time tonight worshiping and studying the Word of God. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Hour of Power. Let's all stand up and worship the Lord together. Savior, He 
has won. Our sin defeated through his blood. And now exalted, Jesus reigns. Hail the King, praise his name. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We rejoice in the glory of God. And we rejoice in the hope in the hope of the glory 
right, everybody, let's go ahead and get into the word of God tonight. I am excited about this message because this is one of my favorite topics to discuss. And it should be one of every Christian's favorite topics to discuss. We're talking about heaven. And of course, in the end of Revelation, it calls it the New Jerusalem. And if this doesn't excite you, I don't know what will. This is what it's all about right here. What we have been uh, enduring, what we've been fighting the fight of faith for, what we have been serving Jesus for this is heaven and it's the most beautiful part of the entire bible and this is what god wants for everybody even though we understand not everybody's going to go there only those who have their names written in the lamb's book of life as we'll see in just a little bit but a verse that i love uh just make people throw it around you know for different things different topics but i know it applies to heaven is first corinthians 2 9 it says this is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Now that applies to our life here on earth, but you can't tell me that doesn't apply to heaven also. Notice it says, no mind can even imagine what God has planned for us. So this is... Uh, goes without saying that heaven is beyond our comprehension. We do our best to piece together what it might be like. You know, we've got our information from the Bible, but overall, it's just the absolute truth. None of us can fully comprehend or recognize or understand how incredible, how awesome, how beautiful. And I don't want to say mind blowing, but how mind blowing heaven is going to be. It's beyond anything that any human is allowed to comprehend and see with this brain and with this body. But man, we're going to have those glorified bodies and it's going to be awesome. So as we've seen over the past few weeks, we last week we saw the battle of Armageddon. We saw the final battle of Gog and Magog. And that is the end. Uh, Satan is thrown in to the pit with the false prophet and with the, the anti Christ and they are locked up there forever and ever the end they are never getting out and then that brings us to heaven to the new Jerusalem and so uh, the first thing we'll see here is in Revelation 21 verses 1 and 2 Revelation 21 verses 1 and 2 and I I love to read about it I love to think about heaven. You know, Paul said in Colossians, let heaven fill your thoughts. Let it fill your thoughts. There's nothing wrong with sitting around thinking about heaven. You know, people use the, the expression, well, that guy's so heavenly minded, he's no earthly good. I get it that we got to have a mind for this world and, and be able to get business done here. But there is not anything wrong with thinking and, and, and dreaming about heaven because that's our future home. You know, Katie and I have, uh, just moved into a, a new house that we bought and it's been under uh, construction and under, uh, we've got contractors there. There's been lots of work and there's still a lot to get done. Massive amounts of work that we've done to this place. But through it all, I've been imagining and dreaming what my home is going to look like. And it's nothing compared to dreaming about what my heavenly home is going to be like someday, man. It excites me. But Revelation 21, verses 1 and 2, Paul says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared. 
and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. Think about how beautiful and perfect heaven's going to be. I know <clears throat> that that every bride, they want things to be perfect for their wedding day. You know, I've done a lot of weddings. I'm a pastor. I've done lots of weddings. And uh, I remember Katie and I's wedding. You want everything to be just perfect, the details. And listen, God has put some details. The Father has put some details into heaven that are just unimaginable for us. And so today we're going to look at just a, a few minutes here of what the new Jerusalem or our heavenly home is going to be like. All right. So let's pray and we're going to dive head first into this. Father, in Jesus name, I thank you, Lord, for your holy word and that you have given us a glimpse into what our new home is going to be like. Lord, I pray that this will excite everybody out there that's listening. God, that's that is going to heaven. And for those that are listening that are not right with you, I pray that this will push them and stir them and nudge them, God, to make that decision to finally surrender to you and receive you in Jesus name. Amen. So the first thing I'm going to say is this number one you've got to know that heaven is real this is not just some make-believe fairy tale apple pie in the sky deal heaven is real i read that in nearly every poll ever taken over 80 percent of americans say they believe in heaven and most of those people believe that they will be going there and that's a good sign now, we know that not everybody's going as we'll look at later but it's a good sign that Nearly everybody believes that there's got to be more than what we see right here. This cannot possibly be as good as it gets. If this is as good as it gets, brother, we're in trouble. But this is not as good as it gets. It gets a whole lot better for those that believe in Jesus and receive him. But you've heard the phrase, there's a God-shaped hole in all of us. And we know that, that in every human heart, there's a missing piece to the puzzle that only God can fill. And I know this much too. There's a desire for heaven in every human heart. There may be some people, uh, some tough guys, like, oh, I don't, I don't need that. I don't, I, I don't have any desire for that. That's, no, I don't believe in that. They're lying. Every person has a desire for heaven, whether they'll admit it or not. But everybody has a desire for heaven in their heart because God put that there. C.S. Lewis, the famous Christian author, said, if I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the best explanation is that I was made for another world. There's desires in your heart that no experience in this world can satisfy. And the reason for that is you and I, we were not made for this world. We were made for heaven. And we're here for as long as we're here. And praise God and make the best of it. And God has guaranteed us blessings and promises to make life good here on this earth. I believe every bit of that. I preach every bit of that. But no doubt about it, there's just some things that heaven has that this world cannot have and i know that the best day here even as a christian listen the, it's nothing compared to the average day in heaven heaven is going to be everything that we've we've been promised and and so 
much more, a billion times more. I know that Christians in previous generations, it seems like from what I read, seem to have a little bit more of a handle on the truths of heaven. And, you know, C.S. Lewis, once again, quoting him, said, if you read history, you will find that the Christians who did the most for the present world were those who thought the most of the next world. And when we uh, think and realize and understand how real heaven is, it will cause you to do things in this world to get other people to heaven. It'll change the way you live. If your thoughts are on heaven, it'll change the way you live in this world. I promise you that. And it's worth noting that the Bible talks about three heavens, and it's important to differentiate between those. The first heaven that it mentions is simply the sky around us. You know, an example, Genesis 2.19, it talks about the sky. Well, some people look up and say, hey, they looked up at the heaven. Well, okay, that's what, they, that's what some scripture and that's what some people mean. Uh, the second heaven would be outer space, the starry heavens. And again, some people refer to that, oh, the heavens. And that's fine. And, and, and Deuteronomy 17.3 uses it in that way. But what we're talking about and what we are living for and going to live in is the third heaven where God lives and Jesus lives and Christians go when they die or they get raptured. And that's the third heaven. Now, the Apostle Paul fortunately got to visit the third heaven. Okay. Before he ever even died. And there are some people that do get this experience. I believe that. There's obviously people that probably make things up and, and say things. But there are people that have had experiences of heaven. And I've preached about that. I don't have time to go into that tonight. But there's very well documented uh, evidence and collaborating stories of people that have got to witness heaven and that's i love to i love to think about that and read about that but second corinthians 12 paul writes about his heavenly experience so second corinthians 12 and verses two through four he says i was caught up to the third heaven 14 years ago whether i was in my body or out of my body i don't know only god knows Yes, only God knows whether I was in my body or outside my body, but I do know that I was caught up to paradise and heard things so astounding they cannot be expressed in words, things no human is allowed to tell. And think about that. Paul got to experience heaven, the things that he saw, the things that he heard, the things that he experienced. He said, you, they cannot be expressed in words. There are not words to uh, describe the things that are heaven. There's trees that exist. There are plants that don't exist here on earth. I've even heard uh, people that have experienced heaven talk about there's colors that exist there that don't exist on earth. And you can't describe them. How do you describe something? you've never seen or have nothing to compare it to. And so Paul's saying these are things that no human is even allowed to tell. So it makes my mind get to going, man. What is it he saw and heard and experienced? But my day's coming, brother, where I get to be up there too. And I'm excited about it. But heaven is a real place and it is beyond the human comprehension, but there is a desire in every human heart 
for heaven. So now, number two, we're going to look at some facts about heaven. These are all straight out of the word of God. I would not dare add it to this, but these are facts about heaven. John 14, 2. John 14, 2. And I'm going to read this one in the New King James. John 14, 2. And Jesus, this is straight from him. He says, and my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And so Jesus, we know, man, here on earth, he had a background in carpentry, right? So he says he's going up to heaven. He's like, I built things down here, but I'm going to heaven. And in my father's house are many mansions, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. That's a beautiful thing to think about, that Jesus is building us mansions up there. And, you know, here in the U.S., I've said this uh, many times, but I, I looked this up. For a house to qualify as a mansion, legally, technically, whatever, uh, by code, it's going to be 8,000 square feet. And so I'm thinking, man, that's a huge house to think of right there. And I was, you know, throw back a little bit to a few years ago, my high school years, I was watching MTV Cribs. Some of you guys remember that. And Shaquille O'Neal, he was on there, and he, in the Orlando area, had a 70,000 square foot house. 70,000 square feet. The basketball gym alone was 6,000 square feet. He had a movie theater and all sorts. I mean, 70,000 square feet. That is a big old house right there. And I'm thinking, man, if Shaq can do that, no disrespect to Shaq, love him, he's funny and I love him. But but if Shaq can do that with his earthly uh, resources and abilities, what is Jesus building for us in heaven? Come on, somebody. That ought to excite you that he's got something big planned for you. And, and is that so you can be greedy and think about that? No, that's because Jesus loves you so much that he wants you to be with him in heaven. Another thing, you know, that we've got to acknowledge, we're going to turn to Revelation 21. The remainder of our time here will be in Revelation 21 and 22. But Revelation 21, it talks about heaven is really, really big. Heaven is huge because we think, well, how can this many people fit up there? How can uh, how can we do mansions? How can we do this? How can we do that? Listen, there are no spatial issues. God's got this figured out. Revelation 21, verse 16, John in this chapter is getting a, a, a tour, a vision of the new Jerusalem, the new heaven, and an angel showing him around. And Revelation 21, 16, it says, when he measured it, he found it was a square as wide as it was long. In fact, its length and width and height were each 1400 miles. So in each direction, heaven is 1400 miles. I mean, that's further than half of the United States. And this is just the heavenly city, Jerusalem. This is a big city. And, and so if it goes this way and that way, and it can go up this way too, I'm thinking, my gosh, there's so many possibilities for what God can do. But again, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can imagine the things that God has planned. And so we're sitting here thinking, well, how could he fit this many if there's this many people? 
I don't even understand it all, but I am fine with that because I know, like Paul said, there's things that no human's allowed to tell. Things that we can't even express in words that we're going to see in heaven. And think about this. Most commercial airliners fly about seven or to eight miles in the air. Heaven is 1,400 miles high. That's insane. The absolute uh, square size of this city. It's mind-blowing. But God is good, and he wants us there. So there's mansions. Heaven is a huge place. And another thing is heaven is really, really fancy. The New Jerusalem, really, really fancy. Revelation 21 and verse 18 John said the the wall was made of jasper and the city was pure gold as clear as glass, pure gold. And, you know, I like to think that we've got some nice gold things down here. I got my wedding ring right here. Nice gold. But any gold that this earth can pull up, listen, it has to pale in comparison. It has to look like garbage compared to the pure gold in heaven. And, you know, I, I looked it up just this morning, just two hours ago, of what the, the going rate of gold is right now. And as of today, it's $1,702.70 an ounce. Think about an entire city made, what, what one block of gold would be, and God made this entire giant city out of it, as wide and high, 1,400 miles in every direction. You cannot put a number on just the price of the gold in heaven. So we know that God, our Heavenly Father, is trillions of times richer than any person on this earth. He would make uh, Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos look like an absolute beggar compared to him. That's our Father. That's exciting. Why would I worry about my provision? Why would I worry about the things that I need when that's my dad? That's my father, and he's got this place prepared for me. God is good, and he wants the best for his kids. Let's look here at verse 21. Again, talking heaven's a fancy place. It says, the 12 gates were made of pearls, each gate from a single pearl, and the main street was pure gold, as clear as glass. Well, we've heard of the streets of gold, but I just showed you that the whole place is made out of heaven. It's not just the streets. But there's 12 gates to heaven, probably representing the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 disciples. 12 is a significant number in the Bible. But it says that each gate was made of one giant pearl. Again, well, I can't even imagine that. Of course you can't imagine that because that's beyond human comprehension. And that's heaven. The whole thing is beyond our understanding. I like to think about here, right here, uh, chapter 22, the river of life. And when you live in the desert, you appreciate yourself a good river. Well, this is the most beautiful river that anybody could ever imagine. I think about the peace and the tranquility and the life coming out of this because this is the river of life. Revelation 22 verses 1 and 2 it says, Then the angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal. Man, I've been in some muddy rivers and I've been in some clear, crystal clear rivers. And it is 
gorgeous. And this is what we're looking at here. The river of life, clear as crystal, and it's flowing right from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. There's the number 12. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. Can you imagine these trees of life, a brand new crop each month, and the leaves are healing leaves to heal the nations. Man, that is beautiful. I can't wait to see the river of life flowing from the throne of God. It's going to be awesome. Another thing about heaven, there's no sun or moon. There's no nighttime. Revelation 21, verses 23 through 25, it says, And the city has no need of sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city, and the Lamb is its light. The nations will walk in its light, and the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory. Its gates will never be closed at the end of the day because there is no night there. Now think about when Moses just got to get a glimpse of God from behind. He lit up so bright like an LED million watt light bulb that people couldn't even look at him just from seeing the backside of God. Can you imagine us in heaven when we've been up there in the presence of God at this giant city, 1400 miles each direction, the lamb himself is so bright with glory that it shines the entire place 24 seven, 24 seven shine lit up like it, like it's like it's noonday all the time just from the glory of God. And we're going to be walking around and worshiping in that. It's beautiful to think about. And one of my favorite things about heaven is this. There's no pain. There's no tears. Revelation 21 verse 4. It says, He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain All these things are gone forever, never again, no sorrow, no pain, no nothing bad, no crying, every tear he's going to wipe from your eye and it's all gone forever. Only pure joy, happiness, bliss, perfection every single day. For all eternity. We're not talking about this is a vacation. This is a one year sabbatical. This is the billions and trillions and zillions. All eternity. Never ending. Where we're going to be. Think about that. Why would you want to risk not going there? Why would you have so much pride and arrogance to say I don't believe in that stuff. I believe everybody does it this way. And to each his own. Listen. If this is even remotely possibly true, which I I know it's a thousand percent true, but if, if it's even remotely true, why would you risk losing this when the other alternative is hell? That makes no sense whatsoever. And God's calling to some people watching right now that quit running, quit hiding, quit being so arrogant that you think you've got it all together. He's telling you right now, this is for you. I want you to have this. But the choice is yours. Choose you this day who you will serve. You have to choose because not everybody goes to heaven. Revelation 21 and verse 27. 
It says, nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Well, how do you get your name written in the Lamb's book of life? You've got to confess with your mouth. That Jesus is Lord. You've got to believe it in your heart. Believe that he's God's son. That he was raised from the dead. We've got to give our lives to him. Quit running it our own way. And start choosing to do it his way. Your name is going to be written in the Lamb's book of life. And you're with Jesus forever. I want to pray with you tonight. And I'm asking. Don't tune out now and think well it's over even if you're already right with god pray for somebody be praying that somebody will respond right now i'm going to lead you in a prayer like we've done every week i want you to pray this with me and if you're if you're restoring things in your relationship with god reach out comment uh, message us whatever we'll get a hold of you and we promise to help you along your way let's pray this together say this father in jesus name I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe he died, that he rose again. Forgive me for any wrong I've done. Help me to live for you. Give me the strength. My life is yours. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that and if you're ready to go to heaven with us, because the day's coming where we're just simply not going to be here anymore. We're going to be up there. If you prayed that, reach out. Let us know. We love you guys. Good things are coming. In Jesus' name. Hey, everybody. Pastor Dave here. And I finally have some exciting news. So hold on to your seats and buckle up. Here it is. We are going to be having a drive-in service this Sunday morning. Now, this isn't opening up the doors and a full-scale reopening, but it's a start. We're having a drive-in service from 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock, so it's not the normal 10 a.m. start time. 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., that's one hour in length, and we realize so many of our church families consist of small children. We respect that, and we want to make it as easy on mom and dad as possible, but we just want to get together and worship the Lord. You know, we've contacted our city manager we've contacted our county supervisor our insurance broker our lawyers and we're doing everything the right way it's legal to have a drive-in service in the state of california and so we want to do everything the right way We'll definitely be practicing social distancing. What's going to happen is the ushers, as you drive in the front gate, will direct you exactly where to park. They will space out a great distance between the next car, and we will absolutely enforce the social distancing because we care. And you are allowed to either sit in your car and listen to the message, or if you want to get out and be right next to your car, you can have your own lawn chair and maybe a blanket or something like that. And you're going to have to stay inside of your own bubble. And I know it's hard for some of us because we've got a lot of huggers and affectionate people. No hugging, no physical contact of any kind. And we're going to just be together to worship God on our own property. Now, we're making this a a low-key, small-scale service. We're not rolling out the red carpet and bringing out the big stage and doing a Harvest Fest category event. This is just simply 
a church family that wants to get together and worship our God together. We are blessed. We have a 13-acre wide open property for us to come and gather on. This is open air, and it's a, a wonderful blessing that we have this much space, and we're going to take advantage of that, and I believe that the presence of God's going to be here with us. And we realize that God doesn't just live right here at the church. We know that he's in us and, and around us everywhere we go, but undeniably, this church, this building, this property is special to a lot of us for so many reasons. Man, we've, we've We've married so many of you right here. Uh, this is a place where so many of you have, have given your lives to Jesus. So many of you have uh, come for hope and healing and help in your very lowest moments. It's a special place, and we want to be here together again. We aren't going to be in the building. The building's going to be closed off. But listen, we're going to be here together, social distancing at a, a very safe distance. And we, we want you to know this, too. If you don't feel comfortable, don't come. That's fine. We're not going to make fun of you. We're not going to judge you and think that you just didn't have enough faith or whatever. We understand. If you're not uncomfortable, don't be here. We're going to live stream it on Facebook for you to still see. But by all means, if you want to be here and you see yourself being here, come out Sunday morning, 9 o'clock. We're going to worship God and it's going to be an absolutely awesome time. The Sunday night and Wednesday night service are still going to be only on the internet. But this Sunday morning and hopefully next Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., right here on the church property, drive-in style, social distancing, but we're still going to be together. We love you guys, and we hope to see you Sunday. All right, guys, it's time for our Wednesday evening tithes and offerings, and I want to thank you guys so much for your faithfulness to give. You guys have been absolutely outstanding and faithful, and we've seen God blessing you for it. I want to look here tonight at a verse we've seen, Luke 6, 38, and remind you that God has got your back. When you give, it's for your benefit. Amen? Luke 6, 38, a verse that we've seen, it says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Not give and, well, then you don't have any more. No, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. God's got it, man. If you will release what you've got, your hand is open for God to put more back in. And that's what he promises to do. Let's go ahead and say our financial faith confession tonight. And we're going to see God move in our finances. Don't think these are just words. This is a faith confession. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And now we're going to do what we always do. We're going to close out with that Barstow faith confession. We're speaking these words of faith over our families, our churches, our, our, our schools, the entire city. And notice that we put in there 
right back at the beginning of January that Barstow is healed. We've been speaking healing and health over Barstow before COVID-19 ever came around this area. God's got this. Let's speak these words of faith. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you guys. We'll see you real soon. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.